the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now, the Sermon on the Mount begins with a portion of Scripture called the Beatitudes, which someone has described as the attitudes that every Christian should be every day. They uh, describe the values of this kingdom, and, and when we look at them, we see that they're upside down compared to the values of this world. We're back with another edition of Study Verse by Verse with the teaching of Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and I'm Mike Trout. As you just heard, he's in the Beatitudes. They're found in the book of Matthew, the fifth chapter. If you'd like to follow along, this is an ongoing study in the Beatitudes, and you can find past broadcasts on the website studyversebyverse.com. That's our ministry website, studyversebyverse.com. You can find out more about Church of the Highlands on their website at highlands.us. As we start a new week and a new message in this series, here's Pastor Layton. Every one of the Beatitudes begins with the word blessed. If we live according to this, we will be blessed. We'll be blessed. That's why we want to know what Jesus says about living the blessed life. Well, if we live according to these standards, we're going to stand out. And when we stand out, it's going to elicit persecution. And when persecution comes, we're going to have a tendency to want to hide our light. Jesus says, don't hide your light. Let your light shine. And then he goes on, he talks about, uh, uh, do not think that I've come to abolish the law. And he says this in in large part because some of his uh, critics were saying that Jesus had no regard for the law of God. He didn't uh, uh, abide by the traditions of the Pharisees. He did things like healing on the Sabbath day. Uh, hanging out with people who weren't considered godly and so forth. Didn't even do the hand washings, ceremonial hand washings. And ultimately he was condemned as a lawbreaker. But here Jesus speaks exceedingly highly of the law as God intended it to be. Uh, Listen to what he says in verse 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now as we learned previously, Jesus here is not suggesting that we try to produce more of the same kind of righteousness that was produced by the scribes and the Pharisees. We don't need more of the same. We need a different kind of righteousness. We need a new and better type of righteousness. We need a kind of righteousness that not only affects our behavior but changes our heart. And only God can change the heart. We need a righteousness that comes from God. We need to hunger and thirst after that kind of righteousness. And then Jesus goes on to provide six examples. And each of the examples begins with the words, you have heard, or some variation thereof. And and we've already talked about Jesus covering the subjects of anger and lust and divorce. And uh, those sermons are available or should be available or will be available at highlands.us. 
And uh, our study today begins at verse 33. Again you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. So let's study the passage. Jesus begins uh, concerning this matter of making vows or, or making oaths. And today, as in the time of Jesus, it's very common for people to make oaths. And God takes these oaths very seriously, but the religious leaders had invented legal maneuvers to allow people to get out of their oaths. And what Jesus teaches us here is that we as his followers, our word should be gold. Our word should be so trustworthy that nobody asks us to, 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 to finalize it with an oath or a vow. Jesus said, again you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. Now Jesus here doesn't quote a particular commandment of the Old Testament, but he summarizes what the Old Testament teaches concerning oaths and vows. Now God is our example. God makes promises and God keeps the promises He makes. In fact, God is the only being in the universe who cannot lie and He never makes a mistake. And He wants His children to be like Him. But the scribes and the Pharisees had taught that the people were only responsible for the oaths that they had made to the Lord or in the name of the Lord. And this is made, I think, more clear in the New International Version as it renders the verse, do not break your oath but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. See, you're all, what the Pharisees were teaching is you're only responsible for the oaths that you make to the Lord or in the name of the Lord. And if the name of the Lord is not mentioned, then you're not held responsible for keeping your oath. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Now it's interesting that both the Old Testament and the New Testament have many examples of great and godly men making oaths. In fact, Moses says in Deuteronomy 10.20, Fear the Lord your God and serve him hold fast to him, and take your oaths in his name. And then the Apostle Paul frequently uh, swears in the New Testament calling God as witnesses, God is my witness, like in Romans chapter 1. So if then that taking oath is modeled and approved throughout the Bible, why is it that Jesus here commands us not to take an oath at all? Or to not swear at all? And the answer is that in Jesus' day, oaths had been so greatly abused that the practice was weakening rather than strengthening the cause of truth. 
The religious leaders had developed an elaborate system evaluating how binding an oath was, depending on how the words were formulated. The Old Testament uh, Mishnah, the commentary in the Old Testament, actually had a systematic treatise that divided oaths into classes and identified which were valid and which were not. And specifically, they would avoid using the name of God. They didn't want to use the name of God in vain, so they would use something close, like heaven, or earth, or Jerusalem, or some body part. And so their thought was that if God's name was not used, then he had nothing to do with the transaction. He was excluded from the transaction. But if God's name was used, then he became a partner and a witness in the transaction, and if there was deceit involved, his honor and his dignity would be at stake, and he would punish the one who had acted deceitfully. Jews held that unless the name of God was specifically mentioned, the oath was not binding. But Jesus said, an oath is an oath. A vow is a vow. A promise is a promise, regardless of how the words are formulated. That's because everything belongs to God. Heaven is God's throne, the earth is His footstool, Jerusalem is the city of the great king. To swear by one's head means that that person would give their head if they were not telling the truth, but even the head and the hair on the head belong to God. Everything belongs to to God. In chapter 23 of this same gospel, gospel of Matthew, Jesus said to and about the scribes and Pharisees, woe to you blind guides. You say if anyone swears by the temple it means nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple he is bound by his oath. You blind fools. Which is greater? The gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? You also say if anyone swears by the altar it means nothing. But if anyone swears by the gift on it, he is bound by his oath. You blind men, which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? Therefore he who swears by the altar swears by it and everything on it. And he who swears by the temple swears by it and by the one who dwells in it. And he who swears by heaven swears by God's throne and the one who sits on it. Everything belongs to God. What Jesus' principle, what he's teaching here is that no person can keep God out of any transaction. God is always present. There's nothing in this world that does not belong to God. That God is involved whether his name is invoked specifically or not. So you can't divide life into neat little compartments and exclude God from some out of convenience. Because God is involved in every compartment of our life. That's why it's so important that we always speak the truth everywhere and at all times. God hears every word, not just the ones that invoke His name, but every word. And there's no such idea of a formulation of words that excludes God from a transaction. And because people had made oaths into an elaborate system for deceit Jesus says that his followers shouldn't use oaths at all, that they ought to be so well known for their honesty and their integrity that no one asks them for a contract. No one asks them for an oath. No one asks them for a vow. Now some believers have taken the words so literally that they refuse to take any oath even in a court of law. 
And these verses do not forbid oaths under these formal occasions. And the Bible is filled with examples of such oaths. Jesus testified under oath, as did Paul. And there were times when Paul would, would, would write his letters under oath, such as in 2 Corinthians where he says, I call God to witness against me. And to the Galatians, in what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. He was saying, I, I, I take this as an oath. He's putting himself on oath. Jesus did not protest at being put on oath. At his trial, the high priest said, I adjure you by the living God. That is, I'm putting you under oath by God himself. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. More from this story when we come back with the Tuesday edition of Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout. And our teacher is Pastor Leighton Sheely. Past broadcasts in this series on the Sermon on the Mount can be found on our website, studyversebyverse.com. Some of you have asked why I don't give out the address or the phone number for the church. Well, there's limited time here at the end of the program. I leave as much time as possible for the teaching of Pastor Leighton. You can find all those details on the church's website, highlands.us. That's Highlands. Thank you for joining us today. Share any of your thoughts when you go to that website and come back tomorrow at this same time when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.